Amen. All right, happy Sabbath, everyone. Um, this morning, Romario was going over um, prophets, you know, God establishing a prophet. And the way a prophet is always established, um, one of the ways a prophet is always established, he must go to school. Amen. He has to go to school. And I just want to say, every time we study our Bible, we're going to the school of the prophets. The Bible and the spirit of prophecy where all the prophets have recorded the instructions that came from God. And when we study the Bible, we have just entered school. Does anyone know what a school actually is anyway? What is the meaning of school? Institution of learning, training ground. I mean, did we happen to know that school actually means leisure? That's what school actually, one of its meaning is leisure. Did anybody know that? So it, school is actually supposed to be what? Fun. fun. Amen? So studying God's word is actually supposed to be fun. So if it's not fun to study God's word, then we don't enjoy education. We don't like to learn. We don't like to be educated. The best education any human being can get is sitting in God's school. Amen? Amen. The Bible is God's appointed school for math, science, history, cooking, baking, art, Technology, um, communication, um, math, um, art. What's the other one that um, what Kerry does? Um, accounting. accounting, yes, financing. Amen. Finance, and and so and you can go on and on and on and on and on. Amen. The best place for education is the Bible, and the reason why we don't enjoy that school is we probably don't like the teacher that that teaches us at that school because that teacher doesn't tolerate nonsense. That teacher says, "Be still." Amen. No talking in my classroom. Amen. Listen to what I'm saying and understand my instruction. If you're, and if you're going to come to my school, you better come properly. You better come neatly. You better come respectfully. Amen. Amen. This is how we are to come to school. The Bible is a school. And whenever we open up, whenever we come to this classroom, God expects us to be very reverent and very well dressed and well taken care of. You see how nice the Bible can be? Amen. When it's, look at, when it's looked at from that point of view, God has given us all of these things for us to really understand them. I want to understand them. And my goal is I want to encourage everybody to want to understand him too. Amen. Because he wants us to understand him. So you can look at me in the dictionary for school. Just, I just want to pull out one, one thought from it. The definition for school. Um, it's, 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 it's really nice when, it's nice when we understand what words mean. We use words all our life. Amen. But I guarantee you, 99% of the time, the word we're using, I bet we don't know what that word actually means. It's just because it fits the sentences we want to say. But we don't really know what it means. Amen? Amen. A lot of people use word because it fits. I mean, I know that because I just look at the children. Aiden speaks, but Aiden don't know what those words mean. It fits what he wants to communicate. But he has no idea what that word means. Amen? The Lord don't want us to read his Bible like that. That's very ignorant to read his Bible. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, what does God mean? What does thou mean? What does shalt mean? What does all of these things mean? Until we know what it means, we'll never know what it means to have no other gods before him. Amen? Amen. I actually looked up that, that one text. And, and thou shalt have no other gods before me. It, when you go look it up in the simplest form, don't put nothing before me. Anything you put before God is a God. It doesn't matter what it is. Amen? Just go look up what, what, what is really nice when you, when you look at it like that, when you really understand what the words actually mean. 
every word must have his bearing. But in order for that to take place, we need to know what it means. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's look at school. The first one. Number one, a place or house in which persons in which persons are in what? If we are instructed. Amen. In arts. And it gives you a list. Look at the, the second one. The state of instruction. Number four, a place of this is what Val said. Education. Right. Or collection of pupils of any kind. So a school is a place of instruction. Amen. All right. Now let's now let's go to our notes. Amen. So let's go to our notes. Uh, where Swindon was just quoted from. Let's look at the notes now. Amen. All scriptures is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for what? So all scriptures is a what? A school. No, 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 no. A school. Amen. The Bible is a school. And every time we go into the Bible, we but and now the subject that we're studying in the Bible is about prophets. Amen. So this is the subject that we're, we're now sitting in a classroom with God to learn about the spirit of prophecy. Amen. OK. Second grade. You have a, a dunce child. There are dunce kids, aren't there? Can that dunce child, if he fails his test, go to the third grade? What happens to him? So those who refuse to scapegoat, where are they? They're left back. They cannot advance in God's school of education. Amen? Those who didn't want to advance with the tarrying time, they're left back. So God cannot advance them in his next level of education. And at the midnight cry, the Lord is about to bring us to another level of education. But if we're dunce, if we're ignorant, what happens to us? What happened to the foolish virgins? They got left back. They're retarded. They're spiritually retards. They cannot go forward. Amen? Y'all follow? All of, all of these things in life are there to teach us spiritual things. So me saying spiritual retards is not, it's not strange. Amen? If that's what happens in God's word. If we don't advance with them, we become spiritual dwarfs. We're retarded, and the Lord leaves us back. And now we need somebody to do what? Teach us again. Isn't that what happens to people who get left back? They need to be taught the same thing again in order to advance. In the United States government, they have a thing called no child left behind. Doesn't work in God's kingdom. Amen. You don't advance with him. You get left behind. Amen. And God don't want any one of us to what? Get left behind. So that means we need to pay attention in God's school. Amen. We need to pay attention. I want to make this interesting, but if, if, I'm, I'm going to do all that I can because God has commanded me to that when I present to make it interesting. And I want to obey his command. But he's also commanded those who are sitting down there to be what? Interested. And if we're not interested in these things, then that's how we become careless. And that's how we get what? Left behind. Amen. Go ahead. Amen. To Christ. At the end. So if you do no work under the law, Christ will come and you get left behind. You get left back. Really Amen. Speaking. He so can't feed you. To, yeah, so to, to, go, to say that right now we have to do nothing. Amen. Foolish. Yes. Because Amen. School, oh, that's nice. Amen. When you come from school, what do they give you? Homework. Homework. Amen. You gotta go and do the work. Amen. Yeah. They don't expect you to do the best. 
They don't expect that because you're what? Learning. Amen. Amen. You need to learn to fail too to see what it's like to fail. Why do you need to learn failure? Huh? It helps you to grow so that you can help somebody else. Amen. So you can help somebody else in their failure. This is why Christ suffered disappointments to do what? To teach us how to endure being disappointed. Amen. So he can succor us and bring us up to where he wants us to be. Did Christ fail? No. So a child can actually be what? Perfect. You can actually do everything right if you follow who? Christ. Because he was right. How do I know that? Because Samuel did everything right. Amen. He did everything right, and the Lord was pleased with his work. So the Lord can also be pleased with who? With our work. But we must pay attention in the classroom. Amen? The Bible is the classroom. And just like in middle school or high school, whatever school, class, elementary school, they teach you different subjects at different times. So God is now teaching us about profit. He moved us from one subject, and now we're in the classroom of this subject. And we need to pay attention because at the end of every subject, there's always a test. Amen. So he's going to test up, test us on all the subjects that he's brought us through in his school. And, and we want to make sure that we, we, we are sound, we're attentive. And we have Daniel one teaches us that when we go to school, we got to eat the right food because eating the wrong food messes with the intellect. And therefore, we can't pay attention in the classroom because we're high on sugar. Amen. So we, we can't be coming into school with a sugary mind. Otherwise, we're not going to understand what the teacher is trying to teach us. Amen. Amen. And, and um, I forgot which one teaches us not to drink in the classroom. I can't think of the one which story that teaches you. You can't come there drunk. Yeah, you can't eat and drink. I, I can't think of one right now. But, um, but y'all get the point. Amen. So let's go back to the note. So it says, all scripture for instruction. Now to the next verse. It says, Thou gave us also thy good spirit to what? So not only do we have all scripture, but God has given his spirit to accompany the Bible. So the Holy Spirit is always there to instruct us when we open up his pages. But if we don't come to the Bible in the right spirit, we won't receive the instructions from the Holy Spirit. We will get instruction from another spirit. Amen. Which is satanic. The spirit that instructs instructs us is based upon how we come to receive instruction amen if we come irrever irreverent god sends an irreverent spirit to instruct us if we come with reverence he sends a reverent spirit to instruct us amen if we come disrespectful god is going to send a disrespectful spirit to instruct us if we come respecting his word he's going to send a respectful spirit to instruct us if we come with evil in our heart, God is going to send an evil spirit to instruct us. If we come with love in our heart, he's going to send a loving spirit to come and instruct us. Y'all follow? The instructing we receive is based upon how we come to school. And this is even in the natural. Amen. How a kid comes to school thinking, that's the kind of instructing he's going to receive no matter what the teacher teaches. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Same with God. Amen. 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 He's not going to teach you right. Yeah. Amen. 
And in God's school is both natural and what? Spiritual. spiritual. We better be tidy and neat in our dress, but we need to be tidy and neat in our hearts. Amen. Amen. But obviously what we don't know, the Lord won't hold us accountable. So he will, he'll, he'll, he'll wink at our ignorance and he will teach us anyway. Amen. Because he'll accept you just as you what? Are. Because you're ignorant. You don't know any better. So I, I will accept you in my classroom. Amen. How do I know that? Where do I see some Jesus accepting somebody in his classroom even though he was a devil? Judas. He accepted him in his classroom. And he instructed him nonetheless. And while he was going through his classroom, he should have been making changes in his heart so that he can remain in the classroom. But because he didn't make the change in his heart by the time the midnight cry came, he was left where? Behind. And he couldn't go forward in receiving further instruction. I really love the word of God. God is going to take us to the higher school in heaven if we're faithful. Amen. Where we're going to learn some real, the real science is really in heaven. But right now up on earth, the Lord is just teaching us in part. He's given us all that this fleshly person can bear at this time. Amen. Not only is it a prophecy, it's a principle and it's a practical application just as well. Amen. This is what the Lord has been teaching us for a very long time now. Going on. Go ahead. Yeah, um, Moses had not ate, ate and, and um, drink. drank for 40 days. Uh, amen. Yes, that's right. He was in the classroom. Amen. So amen. That amen. Shows that you cannot eat and drink in, in the classroom. classroom. That's nice. Amen. You have to pay attention. Food, if you start eating, your food is digesting. You can't focus upon what the teacher is trying to teach you. Amen. There's practical things in, in the Bible. Amen. So now let's continue on in school. God is teaching us prophets. So let's look at J John. It says, it says, thou also, I'm going to go back to Nehemiah. Thou gave us also thy good spirit to instruct them. All scripture is given and is profitable for instruction. Amen. So, all right. So God gave his spirit to instruct us. So John says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the father will send in my name, he shall what? Teach you how many things? All things. So let's look at the next one. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Who's he talking about? No, no, no. The teacher, in a sense. Whom shall he teach? Who's he talking about? The Holy Spirit. So now Isaiah is going to instruct us on who the Holy Spirit is going to teach. Amen? Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. So the Holy Spirit is going to teach those who are weaned from this, and, and now they're over here receiving the meat, right? This is his responsibility. So who's the one giving us the milk? Who gives the milk? The mother, right? Then who's the mother? All the prophets. Amen? Christ, yes, all the prophets. Isn't it when you go to the school of the prophets, Moses, Moses will tell you, Isaiah will tell you, John will tell you, Ezekiel will tell you, Daniel will tell you. So as long as we allow the Bible. So a message came in 1989. And at 9-11, God gave it power. And those who came in and received it and is sitting at the feet of that message, how are they doing this? By using the rule that God gave the watchman, which was Jeff Piffinger, to give to us. And when we receive that rule, we take that rule and we sit down and we come to school and we study the Bible. And Moses and Isaiah and Jeremiah will teach us and Ellen White and the, and the, the, and the pioneers, they will teach us. How long are they going to teach us for? Until we get to the end. Amen. And when we get to the end, if we are faithful in school, the Lord will make us his what? Mouthpiece. Y'all follow? But while we are in school with the prophets, we're also prophets. You follow? 
while you're in the school, you're a prophet in training. Y'all follow? Isn't that how school does it today? When a pilot goes to school, he's a pilot in training. Amen. He actually flies the plane, but under the guidance of his what? Instructor. Amen. It's just common sense. It's, it's literally common sense. So, so to say that you're not a prophet now is actually pretty what? Foolish and unreasonable. Amen. It's unreasonable. We are prophets or, or, or teachers in training. Amen. And we're under the influence of the teachers, which is Moses, Isaiah, Ellen White, James White, William Miller, Joseph Bates, and Stephen Haskell. Amen. We're under their influence and we're to remain under their influence until the end. But even when you get to the end, you're still going to be under their influence. Why? Because now you went from milk to meat. The same teachers are going to teach you to meat. Amen. Y'all follow? It's the same Bible. We're not going to get a new Bible at the end. It's the same Bible, just in a new way. Amen? Yes, amen. Yes, amen. Amen, which is, you can show the Old to the New Testament. Amen? To bring them to Christ. So let us continue. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And then he says, for I'm probably going to jump over this for time. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept. Line up on line, line up on line, here a little and there a little. Go down to the next, to verse 12. To whom he said, this is the what? The rest wherewith he may cause the weary to rest, and this is the what? Refreshing, yet they would not pay attention in the classroom. Amen? Amen. They won't hear. Don't, don't you have unruly kids that don't pay attention in the classroom? No matter what the teacher says, they just won't hear. Amen. They're in the back of the class. And just like they're in the back of the class, they're going to get left behind. Amen. Amen. So it is. Let us continue. God is here teaching us. And I, my, our goal, I really this ministry, as the Lord has been guiding, we just want us to become so comfortable with our Bibles and so and and, and have confidence in the Bible that we can actually individually learn for ourselves if we just apply the rules. Amen. And apply them properly. That's all we've been motivating. Why are we doing this? Because this is what the Lord is motivating us to do since we marked this part with Biden. Amen. Christ opened up all the scriptures. We're in school and because he, he was trying to build a confidence on the two on the walk to Emmaus in what? The word of God. So what God is now stressing right now upon us, build your confidence in my word. Amen. Trust it. Rely upon it for all your needs. I don't care if it's finance. I don't care if it's you need to pay a light bill. My word will supply all your needs. Amen? Amen. Just come to it and he will take care of it. Yes, you may have to wait a little while. You may have to go two weeks. You may have to go three weeks. You may have to go three months. But the word of the Lord is sure it will come to pass. Amen? Amen. We just have sometimes we suffer in school. It's, 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 it's like that. That's also a part of the training. Amen? So let us continue. Um, I was going to say something on Isaiah 28. Um, uh, it, is, it is something I, 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 we, I, we really desire that everyone understand. Notice what it says. It says, precept upon precept, line upon line, and here a little and there a little, right? Each one of those are different methods by which the Holy Spirit is going to teach us, right? And I'll just give you a quick rundown. The line right here, right? Okay, so we coming down here, and, and Romario went over saying, down here, God is going to have established prophets, Right? Amen? That's what he went over. So prophet is down here. And he put that right here on the line. Can that teach you what a prophet is? No. no. He just said this is where there's going to be an established prophet. 
But if I was to ask a question, what is a prophet? Can, is the line designed to teach me that? No, that's not its function. That's not what it was made to do. It was made to bring you to the point where the Lord is going to do that. Well, which one of the rules has God given by which now I can know what a prophet is? Precept upon pre, even here a little and there a little, because you can get a little information on what it is. You got to go from one because precept upon precept, I can say that and I'll stay in Genesis. But here a little and there a little gives me the permission now. Okay, Genesis tell me something on prophets. Well, let me go see what Samuel says about a prophet. So I'm going to go, I'm going to take here from Genesis and I'm going to go there in 1 Samuel. Amen. And then from 1 Samuel, I'm going to go from there and I'm going to go to Isaiah. And then from Isaiah, I'm going to go to John. And, then, and here a little, I'm going to take here a little on what it means to be a prophet. But my general guidance of what a prophet is, is precepts. Amen. Because that, that's teaching you rules and principle of what this thing actually is and what it means. I really want us to, to, to understand that. Amen? Because we're going to be tested upon it in the classroom. Amen? In the next test, God is going to test to see if we understand it. And if we don't pass the test, remember, we're not going to the higher grade. The higher grade is we're caught up to heaven. And we're going to get the rest and the refreshing. Amen? But if we don't pass God's test, he's going to how is God going to test us? Just go to the book of Daniel. Daniel 1, he tested Daniel's knowledge. And until Daniel demonstrated that he understood what, what Melzar, being under Melzar, was training him, he was not going to go up to the higher grade. Amen? Joseph was in Egypt. Until he passed the school of, um, of what it means to be a servant, Joseph had to learn what it meant to be a servant, what to be in bondage, because he was going to govern people under him. Amen? And because he knew what it was like to be a servant, he knew how to be tender and compassionate to people who would be under him. Amen. Y'all follow? That's the school that he was in. And the Lord is prepared. And so Joseph was tested on how well he treat people as he was in bondage. Y'all follow? Amen. The Lord tested him on it and put him in prison. And he continued to do all that he had learned. And the Lord made him ruler over all Egypt. And this will be our experience. This will be our experience as well if we are faithful. How do I know that? Because we have a more sure word of what? Prophecy. Prophecy. It's sure. Joseph is there to teach that God is going to exalt some people down here at the end. He has to do it because it's written in his, in his, in his school book. Amen. It's written right there that he's going to do this. But we must have faith in it. We must believe in these things. So let's go on. Um, so now you have the prophets, you have good prophets. And what else do you have? False prophets. False prophets. Well, how am I going to tell the difference between a good prophets and a false prophets? Well, if we weren't paying attention in school, we won't be able to tell the difference. But if we've been paying attention in God's classroom, we'll be able to tell the difference. Amen. Amen. So I want to give us now one example that, that I've learned from being in school and learning this and going over this subject of how to tell the difference between the two. Amen? So the Bible must give us instructions, and not only instructions, but God actually give you practical examples of how to tell the difference. Amen? So we're going to look at some stories how we can tell a practical example of how to tell the difference. So by so learning these stories, we would be educated so that when we're faced with two messages, we will be able to tell the difference between the two. Amen? All right, so let us continue. Prove all things. Beloved, Believe not every what? Spirit. Because Nehemiah said God has given his good spirit to instruct. 
So we can't believe every spirit. We can't believe everyone who said they've been instructed by the spirit. Amen. Because remember what we said. We receive instruction from the Bible based upon how we come to the Bible. Amen. So there are some people who come to God's Bible with, with, with an irreverent spirit. So a different spirit is going to instruct them. So John says, don't believe every spirit, but try the spirit because not every spirit that say they're of God is really of God. Amen. Well, how are we going to try the spirit? Let us continue. Go down to first Thessalonians. Now it says quench, not the what spirit despise, not prophesies, prove some things. Prove all things, hold fast that which is what? So while you're proving all things, hold fast to that which is good. Amen? Don't just throw it out. Hold fast to it. So that means Satan, he understands this text. And he knows people will quench the spirit if he has a lot of false prophets. Amen? Because this is, he knows he will lead people to quench the spirit by making many false prophets. Because eventually people will get sick and tired of hearing about prophecy. Y'all follow? People are tired of hearing about prophecy. And what have they just done? Quench the spirit. They don't want to hear nothing about prophecy. I've been hearing all my life Jesus is about to come. Do they want to hear anything about Jesus is coming? Because Satan quenched the spirit. This is why he has many people coming. Christ is coming in this time. Lo, he's there. Lo, he's there. Eventually you get sick and tired of hearing anybody say, lo, he's there or lo, he's there. Amen. But the Bible says quench not the spirit. But do what? Prove all things. Amen. Try the spirit. Do not become weary in well doing. This example Jesus did not leave us. Amen. The example Jesus left us is he tried everybody that came before him. That's the example he left us. And he did not get weary either at doing that kind of a work. Amen. So we're, we have to take on the same spirit that was working in Christ and not become discouraged because there's a religious controversy. We must never become discouraged because doctrines are being challenged. Never are we to allow that to happen because when we do that, we are quenching the spirit and we're, we're putting ourselves in a place where the Holy Spirit can't what? Instruct us. He can't do his job. Amen. He's his job is to guide us into all truth. Whether No matter how many winds is blowing, the Holy Spirit is given to guide us in all truth, regardless of how many winds of doctrines are blowing. Amen. So it says message would be given for for different members of the of the of the church telling some poor trembling soul. You are what proud another. You are unbelieving. You will be what you know. We're actually hearing this right now. We're literally actually hearing this. There are people telling us we're proud. We're unbelieving. We're going to be lost. We're devils. We're spiritualists. We're this and we're that and we're that. And why are they doing it to make us afraid? And not only to make us afraid, to make other people quench the spirit. And we're going to read. That's what she says is going to happen. So let's go on. The Lord gave me light in this instance to speak words of comfort and encouragement. I bore my testimony to these deceived ones, whether they would hear or reject it. The visions were Satan's work. The things revealed were often common earthly matters, such as who should get breakfast the next morning, who should prepare the dinner, who should wash the clothes? Mingled with these frivolous things were sacred truths, which they had found in the Bible and where? Testimonies. So this is what false prophets are going to do. They're going to find the, the, the power for what they're teaching in the Bible and the testimony. And why is Satan doing this? To make people quench the spirit of the Bible and the testimony. Y'all follow? 
So this is what we will do if we're not careful. And why will we do it? We're not paying attention in the classroom to know how Satan works and how God works. We need to know how they both works. If we don't know how Satan works, we'll be deceived by him. And if we don't know how God works, we'll reject him. Amen? So we need to know how both work so we can reject Satan and receive the spirit that comes from Christ. So let us continue. It says, Satan's hand was in all this to disgust people and cause them to spurn everything in the name of what? We're there? In the, na in the nature of visions. Thank you. Thus the false and the true would be what? Rejected together. And even those who were engaged in the deception, when they should become weary of it, would be inclined to doubt all visions. So this is why Satan does these things. So now let's look at this next one. Um, let's look at a method for proving. And I have here contrast. This is the method we're about to look at. Uh, a contrast in two things is a method that Jesus had given us whereby we're to prove the spirits that come before us. When we, when we receive this, truth is comforting. Amen? Yeah. The truth is comforting. If we receive this, I'm telling you, we will never be afraid of anybody who comes before us teaching anything. If we just believe that, man, we're not lost because somebody comes and says this, and if I don't receive what he says, man, that means nothing. Try the Spirit. Amen? Sit down with your Bible. Don't be afraid of hearing what somebody has to say. Notice, there are people out there saying we're spiritualists, and why are they doing that? To make people afraid. And those people are not establishing themselves in truth. They're establishing themselves in fear. Amen? Fear is their foundation, not the Bible. Amen? God did not give us the spirit of what? Fear, but of power and a what? Sound mind. And that comes from the Bible. We need to be sound in what we believe so that when every wind of doctrine, doctrine blows, we are not afraid because somebody says, if you don't receive this, you're going to die. But the truth is, Christ is saying, if you don't receive this, you're going to what? Die. There is two fears. Amen? There's the fear that comes from God, but there's the fear that comes from Satan. Amen? But how are we going to tell the difference between the two fears? The law and the testimony. Amen? That's how we're going to tell the difference. Because it, it matters which fear we receive. Amen? Because if we receive Satan's fear, we're going to murder people. If we receive Christ's fear, we're going to lay down our lives. Amen? There's a difference in the fears in which we receive. One leads to submission to God. One leads to persecuting people who are submitting themselves to God. Amen? And in this way, we're revealing to everybody that we fail to learn in the school of Christ of what it means to really fear God. Amen? So let us continue. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared scrumptiously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Jump down to 22. And it came to pass that the beggar what? died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom and the rich man also died and was buried so they're both dead they both came to the crisis and the lesson Christ is trying to drive home here once you come to the crisis you can't change your decision amen you can't go left and you can't go right you're going in the direction that you have paved before you came to the grave amen and, and this is where we're both going to die Right there, the midnight cry. Amen. That's what is there to teach us. The death is a crisis. We're going to come to a crisis and we're only going to do what we have prepared all of this time to do. Amen. And we're just going to reveal that spirit 
in here until we come to the dawn and one group gets exalted and one group gets cast down. Amen. Amen. All right. And this this is real. This is not a make believe thing. This is real. It's really going to happen. Amen. We don't want to wait for it to happen to really believe that, oh, man, God was telling the truth. It's really going to happen. And the Lord is trying to impress us that this is real. It's really going to take place. How it's going to really look, I have no idea, but I know it's going to happen because the Bible says so. Amen. Amen. So let us continue. It says, and he cried. I'm actually go down to the quote. I just wanted that parable for, to set the stage for this. This parable, parable draws a what? Contrast between the rich who have not made God their dependence and the poor who have made God their dependence. Christ shows that the time is coming when the position of the two classes will be what? Reversed. Amen. All right. So this story is giving us a contrast. Well, let's go down with me to the next quote and then we're going to look at what contrast means. Remember, it means nothing to us if we don't really know what it means. Amen. We may have an idea of what it means, but we really need to know what it means so that we can really see which side we are standing on in relation to these two stories, to these two men. Amen. Amen. So it says the very last deception of Satan will be to make of none effect the what? And how is Satan going to do it? How many visions? Many false visions. Amen. To make. Yes. So that people can throw out both. Yes. Tired, amen. Tired of hearing prophecy. Tired of hearing the lines, the lines. Tired of hearing the midnight cry. Tired of hearing the day dawn. Tired of hearing this is going to happen at the end. Tired of hearing this. Tired of hearing that. And you get to the point where you just throw it all out. Amen. And you just made Satan the winner over your life. Amen. And now when the test comes, he knows you're in his hand. And so he doesn't have to worry about you. But that little remnant that won't allow him to win, he hates them. Because no matter what he does, no matter how much false prophets he raises up, they just won't fall for his trickery. Amen? Because Christ says, if possible, they would deceive the very what? But it's not possible. Amen? Why is it not possible? We should know that answer. Because Jesus wasn't deceived. Amen? Jesus wasn't deceived. Jesus is the very elect's example. Amen? Yes, and Job, and Samuel, and Isaiah, and Daniel, and Joseph. They didn't fail. So God does have people that will not fail. Amen? That's what those stories are there to teach us. And when we look at them, we can determine which one of those people we are. Either we're Cain and Abel. We can know which one of those men best represents us right now. Just by looking into the mirror of God's word. Whose spirit am I following? Am I following Cain's spirit? Am I worshiping God? Yes, I'm going to church on Sabbath, but I'm not really paying attention. Amen? Amen. But I'm not really worshiping him. I'm not. God sees that. He sees that you're not really worshiping him. He sees us texting and, and typing and reading other things other than listening to what's being taught. He sees that. He sees. And guess who else sees it? Satan. And guess what he's doing? While you're not paying attention, he's framing things in, in line to reveal that spirit so that he can make you his forever. Amen? We don't want that. We want to pay attention in the classroom so that we don't fall into the, to, to, um, Satan's snare. So let's go on. It says, Proverbs, Satan will work in, ingeniously in different ways and through different what? agencies to unsettle the confidence of God's remnant people in the true testimony. He will bring in spurious visions to mislead and mingle the false with the true. 
and so disgust people that they will regard everything that bears the name of what? Visions as a species of fanaticism. But notice this, but honest souls by what? So what is honest souls going to do? Brethren, this is not here for us just to read. It's here for us to actually do it. Amen. She wrote this so that we would do it. Contrast the two things being said. Try them. Amen. Don't become disgusted because there's many false prophets. Is God disgusted? Yeah, he, God hates the wicked every day, the Bible says. But the Lord sees there's honest people. They're just being deceived. And, and Jesus said, instead of being disgusted, what did Christ say on the cross? Father, forgive them. For they know not what he, and he could have got disgusted, but he says, no, Father, forgive them. Because Jesus was conscious of who he was and who they were. So we are to be conscious of who we're standing with and who they're standing with. Amen. We must have that same spirit working in us, too. But we can only have that if we're paying attention in school. Amen. We're not paying attention in school. We're not going to have that same confidence that Jesus, Luther, Tyndale, Daniel, David, Joseph and Isaiah had. Amen. We won't have that confidence that they had. We must know that we have a more sure word of prophecy. That's our confidence. Amen. All right. So let's continue. It says, by contrasting false and true, we'll be enabled to distinguish between them. Amen. All right. So now let's look at what contrast means. Let's look at contrast. This, we have to do these things. I can't stress this enough. If you know these things, happy are you if you what? Do them. I actually have been trying this, and man, it has been a great blessing. I look at what people are teaching against this message and line it up with what we're saying and then take the Bible, as, and I, you can see the nonsense right away. Yeah, the courts do it, and we're going to see a court that did it. I took a story. to get, I took the easiest story we can all relate to so that we can see it, that we can all do it. I don't care how, how much we know of the Bible. If you do this, she says you will be enabled. Who's enabling you then? The Spirit of God. He's going to enable you to detect who's telling the truth and who's lying. And then you stay away from the lie. Amen? All right, so let's continue. Contrast. To set in opposition two or more figures of a like kind with a, with a view to show the what? Difference or dissimilitude. And to manifest the superior excellence of the one by the inferiority of the other or to exhibit the, the, the excellence of the one and the defects of the other in a more what? Striking view. Remember that word. Go down to two. To exhibit differences or dissimilitude in painting and what? Sculpture. Go down to the next one. To set in opposition different things or qualities to show the superior excellence of one to advantage. Listen, go down to this bowl. To contrast the goodness of God with our rebellion will tend to make us humble and thankful. Amen. Look at God. Look at yourself. Man, I am evil in comparison to him. When people beat me up, I never say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But God in the human flesh said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Do you see the contrast? Now you can see how evil your heart is in comparison to God's heart. When we're suffering and can't pay our bills or, we're, or things is not going our way, we rise up in anger. When things wasn't going Jesus' way, he said he just stood still and he bore it. Amen. He didn't fight back. So in contrast, when I look at him and look at how I handle situations that come my way, 
I see the evil in myself. Amen. And that's designed to lead me to the foot of the cross and say, Father, please take away this evil heart and create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Amen. That's what we're supposed to do. So now let's move on. Now we want to look at the message. Go down to this next quote. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Christ here, what? What is he? He draws a sharp contrast between the unjust judge and who? And God. It's another story giving us the contrast between an unjust judge and who God is. But go down. I only use that to bring in contrast. Christ draws a sharp contrast. When we delineate, what are we doing? We're drawing a contrast. But this is something that I, we haven't really done, showing you the lines here and showing you what other people lay out their lines. Amen? We're supposed to do that and to show you the difference between the two so that you can make up your mind and see which is right and which is wrong. But even if I don't do it, you do it. Amen? You do it. What are we saying? What is Tree of Life saying? What are we saying? What is the conference saying? What are we saying about the scapegoat? What are those who left saying about the scapegoat? What are we saying about the tarrying time? What are they saying about the tarrying time? Take those two arguments, bring your Bible, bring the rules, and just lay them out flat and see which one is honoring the rule. If people just did this, you know how many people would break away from error right away? A lot of people would break away. You would see, because she says, you would be enabled to see the difference. Amen? All right, so let's go down. Go down with me now to Matthew. Let's look at the easiest illustration from the Bible about contrast. Now, at the feast, the governor was, remember, all scriptures, right? I can go to any story and teach you, by the grace of God, about contrast once the Lord reveals it to me. Amen? And before I even go to Christ and Barabbas, I'm going to ask you, I'm, you're going to see, I'm going to hear the answers come out because you guys, by the grace of God, can do the same thing. Give me two contrasts in the Bible of people, easy, or nations, it doesn't matter. Uh, who's that? All right, Cain and Abel, right? Easiest one. Give me another one. Hold on, one at a time. So I heard Esau, right? I heard Esau and Jacob. Amen? Give me, and what was the other one? David, so Goliath and David. Amen? I heard another one. There's a lot. The tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Amen? Well, how about another one? There's lots of them. Lots of them. Huh? The two women, right, with the baby? Amen. I don't know how to write them. Um, Okay, I put, yes, T, I put TM, y'all know TM is true, mo- no, I should put false over here. Yeah, amen. False mother, FM, and true mother, amen? We know what we're talking about. There's a story with Solomon, and he had to make a decision between the mother with a dead baby and the living baby, amen? So false mother, true mother, and all of that is in the Bible. And now all these stories of people you just gave me, apply them to any truth you want to know. Whether it be the Sabbath, dress reform, I don't, the state of the dead, each one of them will give you instructions so that you can know which one, the truth from what people are saying against the Sabbath or uh, uh, against the true teaching of the state of the dead. Should we eat meat? Should we dress this way? 
Each one of them will give you instructions on that. Amen. So you, you take what people are saying. It doesn't matter what they're saying against it and take what you believe and go to the Bible and see which one of them is right. See what the Bible has to say about the two teachings, right? Let the Bible be the arbitrator between the two things. Let the Bible be the mediator between the two thoughts. Amen? And the spirit of prophecy. Mediator, two things. Cain and Abel, the true mother. All right, so now let's go back to Christ and Barabbas. I didn't put them here, right? But actually, I have them here. Christ and Barabbas. Amen? So let's look at this. Now at that feast, the governor... What? Yes? Huh? What did Phoenix say? Well, the cross, yes, there is a contrast, the two feeds. Amen? Yes, I can actually put that. Yes. Unbelieving thief, I'm going to put UT for unbelieving thief, and I'm going to put BT for believing thief. Amen? So right there, the two contrasts, unbelieving thief and the two believing thief. So those two thieves can teach us what an unbeliever looks like and what a believer looks like. Amen? There we go. <laughs> Amen. Two contrasts. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. The Lord is just developing these things. Yes. Amen. It says, now at that feast, the governor was wont to. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Barabbas is the tear. Amen. And Christ is the wheat. Because he says, except the wheat fall into the ground and die, it brings forth no fruit. He didn't die. He was released. So no fruit. Amen. Yes. Amen. He's not going to bear any fruit. So. That's there to teach us that error will one day die. It's not going to bear no more fruit at this point forward. Amen. So let's continue. It says, um, jump down to 17. Therefore, when they were, what, gathered together. Amen. So Christ and Barabbas was gathered together. God is teaching us how to study. Whenever the truth is being opposed, gather the error together with the truth and compare the two. Amen. And see which one of them is the truth from the error. It says, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called who? Christ. All right, go down with me to the quote. Pilate now sent for Barabbas to be brought into the court. He then presented the two prisoners how? So present the truth how? Side by side. Amen? That's what it's, that's what it's I have it right here. Satan, he's the way, the lie, and death. Amen? Christ is the way, the truth, and light. Present the two things side by side. That's what God did in the very beginning with the tree of life and tree of knowledge and good and evil. So from the very beginning, God has been teaching us how to difference, difference, discern between truth and what? Error. Put them side by side. Don't be afraid to do that. We have an instructor with us called the good spirit of God, and he will enable us to discern between the truth from the error. Amen. But she says we must be honest souls. Amen. So if we're not honest, we're not going to receive anything from God. 
Amen. And another, another spirit, a dishonest spirit, is going to feed the lie we really want to see. Y'all follow? That's what's going to happen. We're going to be fed the lie. We don't really want the truth because Christ says, if any man's willing to do of the, 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 the doctrine, to know he, he what? He will, if any man's willing to do of his will, I don't remember exactly how it goes. In John 7, he shall know. And I don't want to misquote it, but he shall know, right? So a rule in the Bible is we must be willing to do what God says is right. If we're not willing to do what is right, we're not going to know. And the Bible says, not Isaiah, Ezra said he set, his, he set his heart to seek the will of the Lord and to what? And to do it. So God revealed it to him. So the Bible's telling us if we really want to do what is right, that's what it means to be an honest soul. To really want to know the truth so that you're, you can do it, then God will help you to know. But if we really don't want to know and we're doing it just for to say that I did it so that when anyone comes to me, I tested it and I saw it was a lot. I seen that happen a lot. People said, I tested it, and it's a lie. Man, you didn't test it because I know it's true. Had you really tested it, the Lord would have shown you that it is true. Amen? You didn't really test it. You did it so that you can look like you, you're honoring the quote where Ellen White says to, um, to test things, like you're honoring the Bible to prove all things. You didn't really prove it. You're being dishonest. So a dishonest spirit is going to take possession of you and tell you all kinds of lies and trickery so that you can evade obeying that truth. Amen? We don't want to be like that. We need to come with an honest spirit to God's word. Come to school with a desire to really learn and to do what the teacher teaches you. Amen. And you will, oh, this, you will never stop learning if we come like that. Amen. So it says, there stood the son of God wearing the robe of mockery and the crown of thorns stripped to the waist. His back showed the long cruel stripes from which the blood flowed freely. His face was stained with blood. And bore the marks of exhaustion and pain, but never had it appeared more what? Beautiful than now. When the truth is being despised, that's when it's the most beautiful. Y'all see that? That's what, we, that's what God is telling us. When people reject the truth and they despise it and ridicule it, that's when the Lord is going to show you the most beauty in that truth. Amen. So I, I, I praise God for his goodness. You can't do anything against the truth, only for it, the truth shines the brightest when it's opposed. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's when it shines the brightest. Go ahead. I was going to say that's when it's contrasted. That, it, yeah, keep that in mind. That's, it, that's exactly. So guess what's going to happen here? Contrast. It's going to be contrasted the most. Keep that thought in mind. But guess what should be happening here? Because this is the light before the what? Exceeding bright light. So right at this point, we should be seeing that this is the truth. If we're still confused whether what we're learning is the truth, we're going to have a hard time at the midnight cry. We're not studying. We're not paying attention in school. It's that simple. Amen? We're not paying attention in school. It's that simple. So let us continue. Every feature expressed gentleness and re resignation and a tenderest pity for his cruel foes. In his manner, there was no cowardly weakness, but the strength and dignity of long-suffering. In what? In striking contrast, right, Quentin? In striking contrast was the prisoner to, um, at his side. Every line of, of the countenance of Barabbas proclaimed him the hardened ruffian that he was. The contrast spoke to what? Every man, that's the midnight cry. It's going to speak so clear to everyone. You're going to see clearly that we should have been working in the Tarian time. 
It's going to be so foolish that people's minds is going to finally, man, I can't believe I believe this foolishness that there was there's no work in the tearing time. You don't have an example of that in the beginning. In the beginning, my Bible says God worked six days and he rested seven. And that's that first six days is what we're to do in the tarrying time. Amen. Amen. That's nonsense that there's no work in the tarrying time. It's utter foolishness. There's no time in the history of the world where God never worked. And anyone who has his spirit will be doing the same thing even in the tarrying time. Amen? Amen? It's impossible for God not to work. Impossible. It's not even possible. Amen? The only time our God did not work was when he was in the grave. And even then he still worked. Even then divinity worked. Because the night cometh when what? No man can work, but guess what? It's fine. You, you lived up to every light you had, and you can go no further. I'll take over for you. And that's what God did in the grave. He took over from, for Christ, for humanity, because Jesus did everything he can do till the point of death. So we are to do everything we can, even if it costs us our life, to please God. Amen? And to please others. Amen? We, we're not to fear those things. I praise God for this truth if we really believe it. Happy are you if you what? Do them. We can't just hear these things. We actually have to do it. So this contrast that I'm saying, if we're struggling with a particular truth with what we're saying and what you have in your mind, let's say it's not somebody speaking against it. Let's just say it's your own thought wrestling with some truth that we've been teaching for some time. Well, take your thought, put it on paper and take what we're saying and put it on paper and take the rule and see which one is right. Amen. That's it. That's it. That's it. And if you're really honest, you will be standing where we're standing. And if you're dishonest, you're going to oppose what we're saying. Amen. It's that simple. If we really want to know what's right, the Bible has clear evidence of how to come to the truth, how to arrive at the truth. Contrast the two things. Amen. Put the wheat and the tears next to each other and see what the Bible has to say about the, the one or the other. Amen. So let us continue. Let's jump down to the next part. The Roman soldiers that surrounded Christ were not all hardened. Some were looking earnestly into his face for, for, for one evidence, that he was a criminal or dangerous character. From time to time, they would turn and cast a look of contempt upon Barabbas. In, it needed no deep insight to read him through and through. Again, they would turn to the one upon trial. They looked at the divine sufferer with feelings of deep pity. Man, Christ has the power to break the hardest of hearts. Amen. That's how powerful the truth is going to be at the midnight cry. These hardened soldiers, their heart had pity for the Savior. But would they repent? We don't know. And she's going to say that. She says, um, they, they, the silent submission of Christ stamped upon their minds the scene never to be effaced until they either what? Acknowledge him as the Christ or by rejecting him, deciding their own destiny. That's the midnight cry. The truth there is going to be so bright, it's going to be effaced upon the righteous mind and the wicked's mind until we either make a decision one for one or the other. Amen. 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 The prince of life bearing the seal of heaven was, was placed before the people with Barabbas by his side. The contrast between light and darkness, between what? So Barabbas was what? Light? He was darkness. So she's telling you, Take darkness, error, and put it next to light, truth. Amen? That's what you do. Put them together. Put them side by side. Whatever you want to 
Put them together and see what the Bible says about the two. Amen. And you, you, you will arrive at the truth if you're honest. You have to because God said so. Amen. God's going to do it. Amen. 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 Side by side. Amen. And this right here, where the Lord's going to do it at the midnight cry, he's going to make it, the, he's going to make error so easy to see. And he's going to make truth so easy to see. Amen. How do I know that? He resurrected Lazarus. It clearly showed that the Jews' teaching was a bunch of nonsense because their teaching was that when a man is dead for more than three days, man, he's really dead. So you know what the Lord says? I'm going to make sure Lazarus is really dead, even though he was really dead from day one. And after the, on the fourth day, I'm going to make that really dead person really come to life. And when he really comes to life, you're going to really see that I really have the power of life. And you're going to really see that I have real power over death. And it's going to really show that your teaching against life and death is really stupid. But even though their teaching was really stupid, they did a really stupid thing. They really crucified Christ to show that they really hated the truth. Amen. That's what the Lord is going to do. He's going to show that what you believe against him is really stupid. That's a really stupid desire. And yet, Satan deceives people to join him in his stupidity. And they really believe his stupid lie that they really can overthrow God and really have a kingdom for themselves. They really believe that stupidness. I see it. And the Lord is going to really overthrow that stupid thought in the lake of fire and finally destroy stupidity for all eternity. Amen? Amen. Let's not be spiritually stupid. Amen? We, the Lord is teaching us how to know the difference between light and darkness. Put them side by side. That's how you do it. If you're really honest, you will walk into the light. If you're dishonest, you're going to oppose the light and do something really stupid. Amen. We don't want to be left behind in the classroom. Go ahead, Quentin. Thinking about the beginning because we know based on the Bible, everything was created by God. And we see the beginning of his creation. It was he introduced light. He brought light together with darkness. He brought them into the same Amen. place. Amen. And then he divided them. He made the contract. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's really nice. That, that means he did it every day. Every day. Amen. Amen. He put man and beast side by side. And he crowned man. Amen. He showed how we're to be. We're to be living souls and not like the beast. Amen. So it's nice. Amen. Amen. Only the man with his reason can reasonably keep the Sabbath. The beast can't keep the Sabbath. He's just going to do what a beast does by instinct. We're not supposed to keep the Sabbath by instinct. We're supposed to be living upon his Sabbath. Amen? I don't know the other hands. Amen. It's going to be too plain to miss. It's going to be too plain to miss. The thing is, like what Swinton said, even if you're not studying, 
you're still gonna know. Yeah. He's you're still gonna know. What yes, what the Lord is really showing is that you don't really love the truth. Even when he makes it plain, how do I know the Lord's gonna do that? Because he actually came down to Cain and said, Cain, you're going the wrong way. He he came down to Cain and said, You're going the wrong way. And Cain still did something really stupid. Amen. After hearing that. It's happening now. It's happening right now. It just gets brighter at the midnight cry. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. And oh, they they know it's truth. They know it's truth. And the Lord is going to reveal that the decision they made was terrible. Some of them are going to come back, and some of them are going to continue to do what they want to do. Yeah. But is there, was there another hand? Okay, all right. So going to this last part of the quote. Barabbas had... Bar, bar, I, okay, all right. Wait, no, I didn't finish the other one. Barabbas saw, The contrast between light and darkness, sin and righteousness, truth and falsehood could be seen by who? By all. Amen? That's what I, we were saying, Michelle. Everyone's going to see it. But all it's going to show is that one just loves it and one just really don't love it. Amen? But you can know right now whether you love it or you don't love it. How do you know? What are you doing in school? You can tell the kid that don't love being in school, can't you? You know the kids that don't love being there. They talk They talk while the ministers, the teachers teaching, while the ministers teaching, they're talking. They're texting. They're texting back and forth while the ministers up here teaching, they're texting. They're eating their candy and then chewing their bubble gum. While they're back there, they're thinking on things. They're daydreaming. They're thinking about, I can't wait to get out of class. I, and in church, I can't wait till Sabbath is over. I can't wait to go do this. I can't wait to go do that. Every one of us can tell who don't love this classroom by just sitting there looking at who don't really like it. And you can tell the one who really likes learning because they're paying attention. Amen. When I was in math, I didn't pay attention. I hated it. I was one of those students. I didn't like it. But when I went to history class, man, wow, I loved history. So I paid attention. Because I really loved it. I really wanted, I wanted to just keep learning history. And I love science, true science. True science is a really fun subject. I love learning it, so I paid attention. But when I went to math and all those other classes, I, I could care less about what the teacher was saying. I didn't know what he was talking about. It was just Chinese to me. And, and, and when, when the test came, I just, A, C, B, E. That's what I did. And praise God, I passed, you know, because I, I didn't like it. So, but the point is, you know who does not like it. So in other words, I can sit here and I can tell which one of us really is interested in the truth. I mean, it, my judgment may not be accurate. That's true because I can't read the heart. But I'm going to judge outward appearance. I'm going to judge by what we do when the truth is being presented. Amen. What are we doing when it's being presented? What are we doing in worship? What, how do we, you know, how do we function? And, and you can look like, man, I don't know. The only thing I say, I don't know if he really likes this or adorn or it's not interesting. I don't know. But one thing I do know, the behavior is not right. Amen. It's just not right. We should be paying attention because God sees who's paying attention and he's going to reveal it. And, and that error that we have, he didn't pay attention. Yes. And he dipped with him. The strongest evidence dipped with him. So guess what that is teaching us? We're going to do something so stupid and Christ is going to tell you, you're going to do this, but you didn't hear him. And you're going to do it anyway. But praise God, John heard. Somebody heard. 
Amen. Somebody heard and they're not going to follow that example. They're going to follow the right way. This is real. It's real. It's real. I, I, it's real. Amen. It's just real. So let us continue. Barabbas, I'm going to close eye. Barabbas had what? Pretended to be Christ. Amen. Who's this already? Easily. Man of sin. The papacy. Amen. Pretend, and, and had done great wickedness. Under satanic delusion, he claimed that whatever he could obtain by theft and robbery and, and murder was what? That's this power right here. Whatever I could obtain by theft or robbery, Barabbas was the embodiment of Satan. And Christ was the embodiment of God. Amen? They were the two representatives. That's all they were. Truth and error are the two representatives of the, own, of the two rightful owners. Amen? The owner of truth and the owner of lies. And those who receive the lies is coming under the power of that owner. And those who receive the truth are coming under the power of that owner. Amen? That's how serious this really is. And God is trying to remove that veil that Satan is putting over our minds to make us be careless about life itself. Life is really serious. We're really on enchanted grounds and, and our souls is being fought over between these two powers. And Satan knows who's his and God knows who's his. Amen. Amen. That's nice. And the bad lamb. That's nice. And then on the day of atonement, Christ chooses the lambs for you. Amen. Amen. The high priest is the one that cast that lot. Mm. And he and you only demonstrate if you know the difference between truth between and error. Amen. Amen. I love that. Amen. That's a nice that so every day the Lord is teaching us a contrast. That's what the sanctuaries tell us. Amen. So let's look at this last part. A most striking contrast was presented between the two. Barabbas was a notorious character, having done wonderful things through satanic agencies. This is the Catholic Church. She's done wonderful things through satanic agencies. Amen. And the whole world's going to know she's satanic. And they're going to see Seventh-day Adventists who are not like that. And the world is still going to choose that satanic power. That's what this is teaching us. They're still going to choose that murderer because all of them know in the 12. I mean, they have documentaries outside of the Bible that said the Catholic Church has killed more Christian than any power up on earth. Amen. Yeah, the world knows that. And they're still going to put Sunday above God, even though they know it because the Jews did it. This is the this is our evil heart. Amen. So let's continue. Um, he claimed to have religious power, the pope. A right to establish a different order of things, the Pope. He claimed to be Christ, the Pope, and his work was to set the world right, the Pope. But that's also our evil heart. Amen. Right? That's also our evil heart. We want the same things. Amen? But Jesus says, crucify the flesh with its affections and lusts. Amen? And that's how I'll know you're my disciple, when you do that. Amen? But let's look at striking. Striking. Last thing. Hidden with a what? So the truth is going to hit with a blow at the midnight cry. Noah struck with a blow. It was a, every blow was a striking contrast between his teaching and theirs. And let's look at striking. Uh, uh, affecting with strong emotion, surprising, forcible, um, strong, exact, adapted to make impression as a striking resemblance of features. Amen. The, the truth that the Lord is about to open up, in fact, is already opening up 
is very forceful and is very clear. If we're hearing his voice when, when, as we're presenting all the time, the Bible says don't harden your hearts. You know how you harden your hearts? Go study it out. It's a nice text. Now I understand what it means when Pharaoh hardened his heart. Go read what Proverbs says about hardening the heart. You know what it says? He that is often reproved hardened his hearts. So when God says Pharaoh's going to harden his heart, what does that mean? He was often reproved. Every time God reproves him, he hardened his heart. So what is that saying? Every time God has to correct us and we don't like it, we're hardening the heart. Amen. We just harden it up and God is going to correct you again. Harden it again. Correct it again. Harden it again. And eventually the Lord is just going to stop correcting you and just give you to your own desire. And we don't want to be given up. But to end up on this thought, just to give you a final example, an easy example so that we can we, we can just walk away saying something. So we have Christ and Satan, right? You have Sabbath. And what? So Sunday is the enemy to the Sabbath. Every truth has an enemy. Every truth has an error to fight against it. Every truth. Amen. The Holy Spirit, the third person, no Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus is God. Jesus isn't God. Amen. The, don't eat meat. We should be vegans. You can continue to eat the, the clean meats because Jesus ate fish. Amen. Amen. Work, no work. Just put them side by side. And compare them with the truth for this time. And see which one hold water. Easy contrast. Sabbath and Sunday. Look at, how, look at how stupid Sunday keeping really is. They can't use the Old Testament to prove it. Period. Because the Bible says, remember the what? Sabbath day. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the what? But Sunday is the what? First day. So automatically, the Old Testament doesn't apply here. So the only thing that they can do to validate Sunday is to go to the New Testament. But when you go to the New Testament, the Bible says Jesus, as his custom was, went into the synagogue when? On the Sabbath day. The grave was the synagogue too. Jesus, as his custom was in crucifying flesh, he went into the grave. And he rested in the grave. Amen. The church is supposed to be the grave for God's people. To it, the church is to be a sign that we have crucified the flesh with its affections and lust, and we're Sabbath keepers. Amen? So Jesus still kept the custom in the grave. He went to church. Amen? And he worshiped on the Sabbath. So therefore, they lost the battle again. Amen. Amen. So therefore, the Sunday keepers can't use the Bible. They can't use the Old Testament to validate the Sabbath. And they can't use the New Testament to violate the Sabbath. So then what's he going to do? Tradition. Now he's going to persecute with, with malice. Because now he knows, I can't use the Bible. I can't use the spirit of prophecy to prove that this is right. And just take that. There's an argument amongst us. Like Swindon says, tarrying time. No work um, versus work. Amen. And I'm going to just stop right there with just that, that point. In, when you go to 1844, in the tarrying time, the first place, Matthew 25, the tarrying time, great controversy said, faithful souls was given the truth even in the tarrying time. So when I take that quote with what is being taught now, that when we reach the tarrying time in 2014, that we should do no work whatsoever. None. Does it line up with that? 
It doesn't line up with that. So then it's not line up online. Y'all follow? I can't line the two things up because some one of them is not being fulfilled. One of them is not being fulfilled. So therefore, when I contrast them, that teaching is in opposition to the teaching in Great Controversy. Amen. So I, I'm either going to throw out the Bible and what she says and go with that tradition, that philosophy, or I'm going to reject that philosophy and go with the true philosophy of the Bible. Amen. You can't fight it. Amen. Amen. That's nice. And the Old Testament, they had to wait for the power, which was the coming of Christ. But they still had to work. Amen. They still had to work. So I, I pray that this was a blessing and not, not, the Bible says, let's not be hearers. But what? Doers. So remember, whenever something comes up we don't understand, take what you understand and just contrast the two things. And see what the Bible and the spirit of prophecy have to say and make a reasonable decision. But praise God, Nehemiah 9.20 is one of my favorite, becoming one of my favorite verses. I have many of the whole thing. But just this one thing. The Lord gave them his good spirit to instruct them. And all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for instruction. So the Bible and the spirit of prophecy is never without the accompanying of the Holy Spirit. Never. So every time we come to the Bible and we want to understand it, remember that promise. The Lord gave his good spirit to instruct them. So he gave us his good spirit to instruct us. Amen. We just have to pay attention in school. That's all. Just pay attention. Be still and you will hear that still small voice. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Amen. So let us close out with the word of prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank you for your good spirit. And we ask, O Lord, that you help us not to grieve your spirit. And to know how not to grieve your spirit, we only have to pay attention in the school, in the wilderness of those who grieve your spirit. O Lord, you gave them manna to eat, water to drink, but yet they murmured and complained against having food. They had food, but they acted as though they had no food, O Lord. And doing these things, they were grieving your spirit. So, Lord, help us not to do that because we have our Bibles and the spirit of prophecy and the record of the past, we have much spiritual food, O oh Lord, so that we don't find ourselves grieving the spirit and being dishonest and, and, and unruly children in your classroom. Please help us to be obedient children. Help us to pay attention in class and help us to continue to have a blessed Sabbath day today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.